Do you rely on literary devices to show rather than tell your readers who your character is and what's going to happen in your story? Well, today we're going to take a look at a beautiful story, a book, in fact, one of the most famous books of the Bible, and how this story uses literary devices. Welcome to A Writer's Day Podcast. Hello, and welcome to A Writer's Day Podcast. My name is Ruth Douthit, and I'm the hostess here of this podcast about writing. And today we're going to look at perhaps one of the most famous books of the Bible, the book of Ruth. And no, we're not going to look at it because my name is Ruth. We're going to look at it because it's considered literature. And I love to analyze literature. So this is a writing podcast, and yet we're going to look at a Bible book. And I think as you analyze it with me, you're going to see how God, the most perfect author, uses literary devices in his stories to show rather than tell the reader certain things about characters and situations and even the setting of a story. I know you're going to walk away from this podcast episode understanding more about how to use such literary devices to really evoke an emotional connection with your readers. So welcome. Again, my name is Ruth Douthit. I'm the current president of Christian Writers of the West, and I use this podcast to help encourage writers to be the best writer you can possibly be. So welcome aboard. Uh, It's the first day of autumn here in sunny Phoenix, Arizona, and we are in the desert, so we typically don't have much of a fall season, but today it's stormy outside, windy. It just feels like one of those blustery days that Winnie the Pooh would talk about. And so I don't know about you, but autumn is one of my most favorite times of year. But autumn for me is magical because the trees around our home change colors. The weather changes. We survived yet another difficult summer of extreme heat, talking about 119 degree heat this year. And now the weather's changing. It's crisp and cool. And it's just fun, a fun time of year for us. Now that's because we're in the desert. Other people all over the country dread this time of year because it means freezing cold temperatures are coming things are going to start dying and everybody has to stay inside because it's so frigid outside but not for us in sunny phoenix arizona we get outside and go hiking and bike riding and running and enjoy the cooler temps even into all the way to probably february where it's only about 65 degrees usually So we're blessed. We made it through summer and now we are rewarded for our patience and our endurance and we're rewarded with gorgeous weather. So come and see us sometime in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax as we look at the book of Ruth today. Okay, so I'm starting a Bible study on the book of Ruth at work, where I have about six or seven lovely ladies who join me. So I thought I'd record an episode of this book for my podcast. Probably it's going to be spread out over three episodes. But uh, this book is one of my most favorite, and I think it will be one of yours too. 
But this is a writing podcast, so why am I discussing a book in the Bible on this podcast about writing? Well, did you know that many scholars list the Book of Ruth among some of the most beautiful pieces of literature ever written, including Goethe, who said it was one of the most, the loveliest of short stories? Well, neither did I. But when you analyze this book piece by piece, you begin to understand why literary scholars feel this way. Now, to call it a piece of literature or a story doesn't necessarily mean this isn't a true story. It is a true story. But once you read it and truly study it piece by piece, you will walk away changed as a person and as a writer. This is a true story about two women in biblical history. But as with all books in the Bible, we will ask the journalistic questions about the book to ensure we are reading it and studying it in proper context. That's essential whenever you study a book of the Bible. So who? Who wrote this book? Well, a lot of Bible scholars believe this book was written by Samuel, the prophet Samuel, but we don't know 100% sure. It does make sense since Samuel was the prophet called by God to give orders and precepts to two kings, Saul and David, who was Ruth's great-grandson. When does it take place? Well, this story takes place during the time of the judges in Israel's history. It's written by the prophet after the time of the judges. What is it about? Well, this story is the testimony of two women, Naomi and Ruth. So why isn't it titled the book of Naomi and Ruth? Because this book is about how God is the God of both Jews, Naomi, and Gentiles, Ruth. And it's a foreshadowing. There's one of those literary devices, a foreshadowing of how Jesus will be the same, the savior of both people. And since Jesus is in the direct lineage of Ruth, this book is titled after her name. So that way the people of God can see how the Messiah to come will be for all the people of the world. Now that's quite a bit of foreshadowing in scripture, and there's much more in scripture. This is a literary device that definitely was used often by God's uh, writers of his word. It's one of the favorite methods used of pointing readers to the Messiah to come. The book of Ruth is one of the most important books for this reason. Where? Where does the story take place? It has two settings, Bethlehem and Moab. And the significance of these two settings will be discussed in a few minutes. Why was it written? Again, this book is about two women. One is a Jewish woman and one is a Gentile woman coming together to reveal how God is the God of both people. How was it written? It's written as a narrative. Uh, this book is considered literature for this reason. It's not plot-driven, but character-driven. But just because it is written as a narrative doesn't mean it's fiction. It isn't fiction. It's a true story about Ruth, who is in the lineage of King David, a real person in history, and how she came to God's land in order to be used by him. And this is a God she had never met. So can you see how important it is to be able to answer the journalistic questions about your own story that you're writing? If I were to ask the journalistic questions about your current work in progress, could you answer them in a succinct way? Well, as writers, we should be able to. 
But enough of that. Let's get on with our discussion about this amazing story, the book of Ruth. When the curtain opens and the lights go on, we see people on the stage already in the process of doing something. We see Elimelech, his wife Naomi, and their two sons are having a discussion. There's a famine in the land of Bethlehem, and Elimelech reveals that he plans to move his family to another country in order to survive or to start over. So let's stop here for a moment. First of all, in this book, the setting of the story is vitally important. And in your story that you're working on, it's equally as important. The setting of your story must connect in some way to your protagonist. Think of some of your favorite stories you've read or seen on the big screen. How did the setting connect to the protagonist? Now think of your story. If I were to ask you, how does the setting of your story connect to your protagonist? You should be able to explain that. Why did you set it in a small town or a large city or in a castle or outer space? Well, it matters. You should be able to explain why to your readers. You must be able to reveal to your readers why you chose the setting of your story. You don't come out and tell them. You must show them that connection. And in the book of Ruth, we see that setting is Bethlehem. And how does this particular setting matter? Is that name familiar to you? I'm sure the name of this city, which means house of bread, is familiar to millions of people all over the world. Why? Because Jesus was born in Bethlehem. That's the famous Christmas story. And this is the first example of foreshadowing and pointing the reader to Jesus in this book. And we'll see many more instances in the story. So take a moment to think about your story and the setting. If a reader asks you why you set it where you did, can you answer them? You should be able to. The setting of a story is vitally important and should always move the plot forward. So Elimelech makes the decision to move his family out of Bethlehem to escape the famine. Many biblical scholars say this was a sinful decision by Elimelech because he should have stayed and relied on God, who had made a covenant with his people to be their provider, protector, and bless them with his presence forever. Some say that by leaving, Elimelech's lack of faith in God is revealed. So back to your story. What do you reveal about your character just by the decisions she makes? You can show so much about her without ever telling your readers anything, just by showing at the beginning of your story an important decision she makes or doesn't make. So back to the book of Ruth. So Elimelech decides to flee Bethlehem and the famine and take his family with him to the second setting of our story, Moab. Now Moab isn't just any setting. We'll go into that in a moment. So sometimes a story has more than one setting. Star Wars, for instance, had many settings. But, and this is important, all the settings must connect to your protagonist. In Star Wars, we saw later on how the desert planet of Tatooine 
worked into his story and his father's story. And then later on, we see the Death Star and everything that happens there is extremely significant. And throughout the series of Star Wars movies, we find that there's meaning for each of the planets and settings in that story. In Ruth, we will see just how this setting of Moab connects to her and Naomi. So what about your story? Do you have it taking place in very, you know, different settings and why? And how does each one of those settings connect to your main character? In the story I'm working on, I have it starting in Iraq and then going to a small town. And both settings reveal something about my character. Now, because God is the ultimate author of Ruth's story, we see why he chose Moab. Again, many biblical scholars feel Elimelech sinned by taking his family to Moab because the Moabites were the enemies of God's people. Holy smokes, why would he take them there? It was a big no-no for God's people to step into this land, let alone live there. And yet Elimelech brought his whole family there. Now, this is a beautiful way for the author to set up the next scene. By taking his family to a forbidden land of the enemy of God, the reader now has tension, even before anything happens. But you wouldn't know it if you didn't do some studying. Now, this is a technique used by writers ever since. Think of some of your favorite stories. Harry Potter comes to mind. Harry leaves an abusive home life after having slept in the cupboard under the stairs and goes to a wonderful, magical land and a huge castle that's truly fascinating. In Apollo 13, our hero astronauts are blasted into dangerous outer space. In Jaws, Sheriff Brody has to leave the comfort of living on the island and go out onto the ocean, which causes him extreme anxiety because he has a phobia about the ocean. And again, in Star Wars, Luke travels to many settings that differ one from the other, and yet all of them connect to him. So you see what I'm getting at? The setting of your story must move the story forward, and it must explain to the reader why you selected that particular setting, and it must be interesting to the reader as well. Does the setting of your story cause tension to the reader and make them want to wonder what's going to happen next? Think about it. Now back to the book of Ruth. If Elimelech sinned by taking his family to the land of the enemies of God, well, it doesn't end there. His sons marry Moabite women. Ooh, a lot of biblical scholars feel this was very sinful because they mixed blood with Gentile women. Uh-oh. If these actions are sinful, well, what happens next is set up perfectly. Elimelech and his sons die. That's quite an inciting incident, isn't it? It's a powerful way to show the reader how the consequences of one person affects many. Elimelech may not even have thought that, but his one decision to move his family out of Bethlehem into Moab has now affected all of them. 
The death of her husband and sons leaves Naomi destitute. All she has left are the promises of God, which, of course, is everything. And we know this because we are told that Naomi heard a rumor. She hears that the Lord had visited the land of Bethlehem. That translation could be read as the Lord remembered his people or the promises he had made to his people. The famine had ended. And that's where we're going to end this episode this time. In our next episode, we will discuss what happens next in this amazing story. As you can see, this book truly contains so many literary devices like foreshadowing, metaphors, and theme in writing. It's truly a wonderful short story that once you start studying it, you can use it as a writing lesson as I'm doing here. Now, back to your story and your writing. Do you rely on literary devices to show rather than tell your readers who your character is, what their character traits are, and what's going to happen in your story? You can. You can use foreshadowing and metaphors and themes to really drop hints to your readers as to what's coming. Now think of the inciting incident in the book of Ruth. Wow, Naomi, she is left completely alone. Elimelech and his sons die. What about the inciting incident of your story that you're working on? Is it that urgent? It should be. I mean, it has to not just affect your main character, but everyone. So much more than just your main character. And we see that here. Naomi and her two daughters-in-law are affected. But we see the upward slope of the plot diagram in just this same. She had heard a rumor that the Lord had visited the land of Bethlehem. Translation, the Lord remembered his people. So that's the first upward slide in the plot diagram. We'll look at more in our next episode. I hope that you can now see how the book of Ruth is so amazing and why it's considered literature. And how by just studying it, you can improve your own writing. So that's why I wanted to take at least three episodes to go through it with you so that you can learn how to be a more effective writer. Thanks for joining me today, and I hope that you'll join me in the next episode as we dive deeper into the book of Ruth. Until then, God bless.